Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations. Now, here's our lead pastor, J.D. Swilly. Hey, last week we, we talked about how God, again, is leading us into this new season with renewed reason. And there's three things that the Lord wants us to know and experience as we're walking into this new season with new, renewed reason. The first one is that this is Jesus's church. Seed's church is Jesus's church. It belongs to him. It's gonna be built on him. He is the defender of it. This church and all of its ministries that are underneath the umbrella of Seed's church are not gonna be built on the personality and the preferences of any single one of us. It's gonna be built on the person of Jesus Christ. He's the rock, he's the chief cornerstone upon which all of us living stones are coming into alignment with. Jesus's church is Seed's church and that's what it's gonna be built on. The second thing that the Lord wants us to know as we're walking into this new season with renewed reason is that we are to be people of perseverance. People of perseverance. We're to be steadfast. We're to be people of endurance. People that exhibit spiritual grit. We don't run when hard times come. We don't quit. We don't give up. We don't give in. And actually what we do is we lean in. We lean in because we know that as we lean in, God's using the circumstances to develop something great within us. We know that God's not abandoned us because he loves us. So because of all that, we are to be people of perseverance. The third thing is, is this. Siege Church is to be about pursuing the vision. The vision that God gave us from the very beginning. It's still relevant today and it's not changing. Vision, what is vision? Vision is the change that can be. It's not something that you see today, but it's what's coming down the road. It's not something that you can see with your physical eyes right now, but it is something that you can see with your spiritual eyes that it's coming down the road towards you. So what's the vision that we're pursuing here at Siege Church? What is it that we see in the future? Well, our vision statement is this. We see thousands of men, women, and children being equipped and empowered to build the kingdom of heaven here in Middle Tennessee, here on earth, just as it is in heaven. And how do we accomplish that vision? Well, we accomplish the vision through our mission. And so our mission statement is, is that we exist, our mission is to help people discover who God created them to be and equip them to do what he called them to do. So why? Why this vision? Why this mission? Why are we all about this? Because we have a purpose. The pur there's a purpose behind all of it. And the purpose is this, is that, we want to introduce every single person to the real Jesus because every person was created to be in a relationship with God. That's our purpose. We're introducing people to the real Jesus because every single person was created to be in a relationship with God. Last week, we also took a moment at the end of the service to wait on the Holy Spirit and ask him to give us vision, to show us vision. To, we said, Holy Spirit, show me how I fit in the vision that you have for Siege Church. Show me, Holy Spirit, what, cause, what, what change that you want me to cause within this church and community. And so we took that moment and we, we wrote down, I see a church. We wrote down on these little slips of paper that we gave to you. And I just wanna read some of these to you today. These, these are some of the things that you wrote. 
I see a church full of grace, mercy, and forgiveness, welcoming home the prodigals. Amen? Can you see that? Here's another one. I see marriages being restored and strengthened, where husbands and wives see each other as sons and daughters of the Most High. Yes, praise God. Here's another one. I see a restored church, a church of unity, a church that is family, truly a family, a church that brings healing by being the body of Christ. Here's another one. I see a church where the Spirit leads the lost to us so that we can lead the lost back to Him. A church of tender-hearted servants who are stirred by a longing to see the city one for the kingdom. I see unity and gratitude for the grace we've received, honoring Christ in all we do. I see it. Do you see it? Here's one more. I want to, this is the last one I want to read to you. I see a people so used up that when the end comes... They have nothing left to give, not out of desolation or lack, but out of the place of fulfilled destiny and purpose. I see people willing to snatch every fleeting moment of purpose from the jaws of death and mediocrity. May we be so led by him and used by him that nothing else remains, no gift unused, no song left to sing. Oh, I see that. That's what I want for this church. We're gonna talk a little bit more about that here in just for a moment. Church, let me tell you, God has good things in store for us. His plan is to establish the kingdom and the way that he does that is through his church. Seed Church is an outpost of the kingdom of heaven. Every church is, that's what we're supposed to be. As churches all over this city, all over this state, this nation and a world, we are outposts for the kingdom of heaven. And what do outposts do? Well, when, when the Romans were conquesting all over the world, what they do is they'd go into an area that wasn't currently their territory. They would claim it as their territory and they would set an outpost. And that outpost, they'd put a governor in charge of that outpost. And that outpost was to bring the culture of Rome to that region. And that's what Siege Church is. We are to bring the culture of the kingdom of heaven to Murfreesboro. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. An outpost disseminates and perpetuates the ways of the kingdom. So if we're going to disseminate the culture of the kingdom, it only makes sense that we ourselves must be familiar with the kingdom culture. Amen? If we're going to perpetuate the ways of our king, it only makes sense that our hearts and our minds and our words and our actions are in alignment with the king's thoughts, words, heart, actions. Amen? So how do we do that? How do we get into alignment? How do we get his ways in us? How do we adopt his culture as our own? I think sometimes we focus immediately on the words and the actions piece first. And if you go there first, you might be able to see some change that's happening pretty immediately, but oftentimes that change might be temporary. Why? Because you're focusing on the fruit and not the root. When we focus first on our words and our actions, we're focusing on the fruit, not the root. Sometimes we focus these things first, and if you do that, again, you might see some results, but usually temporary. You can polish the outside of an apple, and you can get it to look really nice and shiny, but if you don't do things to nurture At the root level, if you don't cultivate the soil and nurture the roots, if you don't have deep roots, when you take a bite of that apple, no matter how shiny it might be on the outside, no matter how good looking it might be, when you take a bite, the taste and texture 
are going to reveal something that on the outside of that apple does not reflect what's happening at the root level. But if we focus on the roots, everything will be good with the fruits. One of the primary ways that I believe that we can focus on the roots is in the place of prayer. It's in the place of prayer where our hearts and our thoughts come into alignment with God's heart and thoughts. And once our heart and thoughts are in alignment with God's heart and thoughts, then the the words and the actions come into alignment automatically. If we wanna lay hold of the vision that Jesus has for this church, if when we say, well, I see a church full of grace and mercy and forgiveness, if we really truly wanna see that, if we really truly wanna believe that and see it happen, if we wanna disseminate and perpetuate kingdom culture, then prayer is absolutely a key factor. Prayer is what nurtures, it's what cultivates us at the root level. Charles Spurgeon, probably the most famous preacher in all of the 19th century, said this. He says, I would rather teach one man to pray than 10 men to preach. Andrew Murray, who was also a great missionary during that time, South African missionary during the 19th century and early 20th century, he said this. He says, the man who mobilizes the Christian church to pray will make the greatest contribution to world evangelization in history. Why is that? Why is that? Why would these two men of God say something like that? Because I believe Spurgeon and Murray both knew that prayer nurtures and it cultivates us at the root. And if you want good fruits, then you've gotta have deep roots. James chapter five, verse 16 says, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Church, I'm telling you, prayer is like dynamite. It's powerful, it's explosive, and it's not because it's, it's the, a special set of words that are strung together in just the right order. It's because of the powerful God who we're praying to. That's why it's powerful. It's okay to be excited, yes, it's all right. What I wanna do today is spend just a moment and talk about four powerful prayers that will start bringing our heart and our thoughts into alignment with God's heart and thoughts. And it's gonna help prepare us for the vision that he has planned for us. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you a one sentence prayer and then I'm gonna give you a scripture that goes with the prayer. Because if there's one thing I've seen year after year after year is when I talk to other believers and talk about the roadblocks that they have in their prayer life, one of the things I hear more often than anything else is that, well, when I come to pray, I just don't know what to say. I don't know what to pray. And so that's why I encourage people, pray the scriptures, pray through the scriptures, right? Because when we pray the scriptures, we're developing a vocabulary for our prayer life. We're putting the the words of the culture of the kingdom of God into our own mouth right there. And so uh, that's why I wanna give you these, these prayers, but give you scripture with it, and you pray the scripture. First powerful prayer is this. God, search me. Say that with me. God, search me. Uh, everybody just read this with me right here. Psalms 139, verse 23 and 24. We're gonna pray this together. Ready? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Amen. When we say, God, search me, we're asking God, God, I invite you into every corner, into every closet in my life, every single bit of it. It's like, 
setting off a bug bomb in your house, you know? If you don't want that bug bomb to get on something in your house, you gotta keep it covered or keep the door shut because it's gonna get on everything. And I don't wanna set off a bug bomb in my life, but I wanna set off a God bomb in my life. I want it to permeate and, and cover every, every inch of my life. It's God, Holy Spirit, I want you to come and I want you to fill every inch of my life. I want you to, to, to uh, God, just... Every nook and cranny, God, every nook and cranny, I want your presence there. Some people are afraid to pray this prayer. They're afraid to pray the God search me prayer because they're afraid of what the results might be. They're afraid that God may not respond so well to what he finds. They're afraid of what God may require of them after what he finds. But here's the deal. God already knows what's there. He already knows what exists in your heart and in your life. Nothing is hidden from him. You can't shock or surprise him. So this prayer, God search me, it's not about saying, God, well, come in here and I wanna tell you some things that you don't know already. (laughs) God knows already. No, the God search me prayer is about this. It's about no longer keeping God at arm's length in your own heart. It's about no longer keeping God at bay in your heart. That's the the position of your own heart. This this prayer, God search me, is a prayer of relationship. Saying, God search me, come close. I wanna be close to you. That's how close I wanna be with you, God, that you can search me. And another verse that falls under this, God search me prayer, is Psalms 51.10. David wrote, he says, create in me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. It's like, God, I'm tired of doing things my way. I'm tired of the results that I've been getting. I'm ready to face the things that you reveal to me, the things that you find. I'm coming your way. God, stretch me. The next powerful prayer is this, or I said that was God, search me. The next powerful prayer is this, God, stretch me. Say that with me. God, stretch me. You know that a rubber band is absolutely useless until it's stretched. It's completely useless. There's no, there's no use for it whatsoever until it is stretched. Once it's stretched, then it actually becomes useful. It can hold things together, right? But if it's never stretched, it's not fulfilling its purpose. And the exact same thing is with us. The capacity of our usefulness, our purpose in God's kingdom is found when God stretches us. Stretching means that we're growing. It means that we're learning. It means that we're developing. It means that we're not the same tomorrow as we are today. Isaiah chapter 54, verse two, um, God puts this call out and Isaiah responds, oh no, that's a, that's, a different, that's a different verse. This is Isaiah 54, this is what he says. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back, lengthen your cords. What does this God stretch me prayer sound like? Maybe it sounds like this. God, stretch my vision and my heart for the lost. God, stretch me in the way that I love my wife and kids. Stretch my capacity for that. God, stretch my influence in the workplace. God, stretch my understanding in the classroom. God, stretch my financial capacity so that I can 
be more of a blessing to your kingdom and more of a blessing to the world around me. God, stretch me. Third powerful prayer is this. God, lead me. Everybody, I want you to pray this with me. Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. It's a super simple prayer that Jesus prayed. Pray this with me. Not my will, Father, but your will be done. This prayer is about receiving direction and wisdom from God and then having the faith to trust, believe, and follow that direction and wisdom. What did we sing earlier? Jesus, Jesus, how I trust thee. This prayer, God lead me, that's what this is about. It's what we were singing about earlier. In the book of Proverbs, Solomon writes uh, to his son, some important things that he wants him to know. And these aren't just like clever ideas that Solomon writes. Solomon is inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these things. And so Solomon's got, he's the wisest king of all time. He's the wisest man of all time. And he's giving this knowledge. He's giving this wisdom to his son. And uh, I've invited Pastor Russell, I want you to come and I want you to read to us uh, Proverbs chapter three, verses one through 18. And I want you to hear it. You know, Pastor Russell is, a, is wise. He's a wise guy. No, he's a wise man. Oh, uh, anyway. But Solomon, is, this fatherly voice is, is, pre, or is, is like telling this to his son. I want us to listen and hear from this fatherly voice here what the Lord is saying to us. When Pastor J.D. asked me to read this, I, uh, I just chuckled. This passage has been near and dear to me, especially in the last years that I've been called to ministry. I'm wearing uh, my wedding band. I was given 15 years ago a ring that has in the Hebrew, trust in the Lord. And I verified that with Brother Michael today that, uh, first of all, which way to wear it to make sure it wasn't upside down. But it's been very dear to me. And and airplanes or checkout lines, I'll have people say, what does your ring say? So it's just a chance to begin a conversation. But the reason I'm saying all this, uh, I read this passage. It was uh, in my ordination it would be easy for me to read this passage and just say, yeah, I've known this my whole life. I memorized three, you know, three, five, and six when I was a kid and not really read it. So I'm going to read this very intentionally. And I want you to hear it as if you've never heard it before because you haven't heard it today yet. And God speaks through the word. It lives. And I believe even one small phrase uh, may be for a specific person, any, any phrase of this. So with that, I'm going to read it very intentionally. This is about wisdom. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. 
Blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better return than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She's a tree of life to those who embrace her. Those who lay hold of her will be blessed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I like this last part up there. It says that she's a tree of life to those who take hold of her. You know, what are we talking about? We're talking about nurturing and cultivating our roots through prayer. Nurturing and cultivating our spiritual life at the root level. And here, Solomon is saying, wisdom is like a tree of life to those who take hold of her. You know, it really breaks my heart when I see believers kind of straying away from God's direction for their life, God's wisdom even. Instead of, instead of seeking the Lord, instead of diving into his word, instead of going to seek wise counsel from godly people, some people, they just go the path of least resistance. They look around and they look and see, well, what, what are other people doing? And so they see what other people are doing and they just go do, do that way. And in doing so, they're missing out on the treasures of wisdom. In doing so, they're missing out on kingdom opportunities and transformation opportunities that come when we're led by the Holy Spirit. Let me just tell you this, church. I get this revelation years ago in college, and it is not anything mind-blowing that you probably are gonna hear for the very first time, but... It's just, in all my years of life, it just keeps coming up and up and up and up. The key to experiencing any good thing that God has for you in your life, the, the key for you to experience anything God has for your soul, for your family, for this church, for your business, for whatever it is, it's in being led by the Spirit of God. That's why it's also important to know what's written here. The Holy Spirit inspired all of these scriptures here. He's the author of it all. And when you get a word from the Lord and you go, well, was that just me or some, that cold pizza that I ate last night before I went to bed at midnight? Well, what is it? Does it line up with the word? I'm telling you what, the key to experiencing every good thing that God has for you in your life is being led by the Spirit. This last prayer that I wanna share with you today, this last powerful prayer, I'm sure there's all kinds of other powerful prayers that we could talk about. We could go on and on and on, but the last one that I wanna mention to you today is this one, and that's God use me. Say that with me, God use me. Jesus taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. Okay, God is sovereign. He can do and he can operate in whatever way that he likes to do. He can use supernatural power to cause change on this earth and I'm sure that he does that every single day. And sometimes we are aware of that, of those miracles and that supernatural power that God comes and brings. And I think oftentimes we remain unaware. And that's one of the ways that God causes change in bringing his kingdom to the earth. But there's another way that he uses every single day 
to bring change to the earth. There's another way that he uses to bring the culture of the kingdom to the earth, and that is through the subjects of the kingdom. It's you and me, it's we. God's using us to establish his kingdom on the earth, the culture of his kingdom. And, and so God doesn't want to, when you hear this, it says, God, use me. I think some people, whether, I don't know what your experience is, Maybe you see this and there's something in you that goes, ugh, I don't like that. Because maybe you've, you feel like when we say this, God use me, you're like, yeah, God uses me, uses me. Now listen, God doesn't want to use you and abuse you. God wants to use you and fulfill you. He doesn't want to use you and abuse you. He wants to fulfill you as he's using you. Here's a God prayer the use me God prayer. This is the one I was, I was talking about earlier. Isaiah responded to God. Isaiah chapter six, verse eight. He says, I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? That's what God's saying. And Isaiah said, here I am. Send me, use me, use me, God. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 10, verse two. He says, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Question, who are the workers? It's you and me. It's not somebody down the street. It's like, well, where are the workers? Well, are they coming? When are they gonna get here? No, it's you and me. We're the workers, it's us. A few years ago, Jamie and I wrote a song called Empty. It was on our Forest Hill project. And the premise of this song is that every single one of us has been given a God-given destiny. During our time here on earth, we've been given gifts and talents and abilities and resources to make a difference. The chorus of this song says this. It says, I don't wanna take anything to my grave that the good Lord meant to stay here in this place. The hopes and dreams and plans that I've made, I'm gonna clean me out not even leave a trace, I wanna go empty. You guys, when our time is up here on earth, I don't want still to be inside of me gifts that were unused. I don't want there to be talents and abilities and resources that were at my disposal that were not used up. I want to go empty. I want to pour my life out. It reminds me of what Paul said to the Philippian church. He said this, he says, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless, but I will Rejoice, even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a drink offering, like a liquid offering to God, pouring it out under the altar, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. I dare you, each morning this week, I dare you to pray, God, use me. God, use me. God, send people across my path that are lost, that don't know you. God, use me. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, highlight to me the people that need a touch from you today. God, give me the words to say. Show me the things that I'm supposed to do. God, use me. Each one of these prayers, you guys, each one of these, God, search me. God, stretch me. God, lead me. God, use me. They're powerful. They're like little sticks of dynamite. What would happen if we wrapped these all four of these prayers together and everybody in this church, all of Siege Church started praying these prayers together. What would happen if our heart and our thoughts start coming into alignment with God's heart and thoughts? What could God do? Think about the lives that could be saved. 
Think about the bodies that would be healed. Think about the addictions that would be broken. Think about the marriages that would be saved. Think about the relationships that would be restored. Think about those things. Think about the culture of the kingdom of God being established in our homes and in this church and in this community. The question is, are we willing to light the match? Are we willing to light the match on these little sticks of dynamite? Are we ready for some explosive results? Won't you stand with me this morning? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you now and we thank you that you're a good father. We thank you that you've got good plans for every single one of us. Holy Spirit, we thank you for giving us vision. We thank you for showing us what it is that you see and we say yes to it. We bring our desires into alignment with yours. We want what you want. We ask that you shape us into be the people that you will use to bring your vision to pass. Father, we pray that your kingdom would come, your will would be done here in Middle Tennessee, just as it is in heaven. We pray this in the name of Jesus. God, we also pray right now, God, search me. Just right there where you're standing right there today, just pray that prayer to God in your own heart. You can say it out loud. You can say it quietly. But say just, God, search me. Search my heart, oh God. What did, what did David say? He said, search my heart, oh God. And know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. God, that's what our prayer is today. God, search our hearts. We're not keeping you at bay any longer. We're not keeping you at arm's length any longer. We're inviting you to be in relationship with us. We're responding really to the invitation that you've given to us already to be in relationship with you. God, we pray today, God, stretch me. Just say that, God, stretch me. God, increase our capacity for love. Increase our capacity for generosity. Increase our capacity for joy. Increase our capacity for faith. God, stretch us. We don't wanna be comfortable and not being used. We don't wanna be like the unstretched rubber band and be useless. God, stretch us. We want to be useful. We say, God, lead us. Say, right, say, just say, God, lead me. God, lead us and guide us. Show us direction. Give us wisdom. God, I just pray right now for every single person in this room that is, needs some kind of direction in their life. They're needing wisdom in their life right now. If that's you right now and you need wisdom and you need direction for specific things in your life right now, I just invite you, I want you to just stretch your hand right now up to the heaven. Say, God, that's me. Man, hands are going up all around the room. God, I just pray for every single person. Every single person's got their hand up right now. Lord, I pray that you would give them wisdom, that you would give them direction. Holy Spirit, I thank you that, that in the, you inspired James to write that if we lack wisdom, that we could ask you for it and that you would give it to us liberally. And so we ask that for these people right now today, God. Give us wisdom. I ask it for myself. I ask it for my friends and my family here today, God. We ask you for wisdom. We thank you that your word is a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. God, we thank you that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. So we say, God, lead us.
In this last prayer, I want you to say it with me. Say, God, use me. God, I thank you that you don't use us and abuse us, but you use us and fulfill us. God, I don't wanna go, I don't wanna be standing in front of you someday and have to say, well, God, I know you gave me these talents and abilities and these gifts and these resources, and I let them lay dormant. God, I want to use up everything that you've given to me. I want it to cause a a change. I want it to bring your kingdom from heaven to earth. God, use us. Lord, I pray for every person in this room they feel like they've maybe not just been used, but they've been abused. And Lord, I pray for healing in their heart. God, I pray that Holy Spirit, you would minister to them fulfillment and restoration and healing in their heart where they might be experiencing brokenness. God, I pray for the people in this room that feel like maybe there's nothing in them to be used. They don't know what gifts or talents or abilities or resources that they might have that you would use them. Lord, I just, Holy Spirit, I pray you would illuminate to them your truth for their life. That you would completely desolate every lie that the enemy is trying to speak to them about who they are. Lord, I pray that they would find their identity in you. They would first, God, clearly see you for who you are and then they would see themselves for who you see them for. God, I pray for those who know the things that you've called them to. They are aware of the gifts, the talents and abilities, but they're not really sure what the next step is. Holy Spirit, I pray you'd make a way that you'd open doors, that you would help stir their faith, that maybe they don't have to have, you know, a 15 point plan all mapped out to start, but they can take the first step. They can just take a step of faith. Lord, I just pray you'd encourage people today. Give them faith in the name of Jesus. If you're here today and you came here and you feel like, man, I came here today, I feel like I'm here and I'm far from God. I'm not following Jesus. I wanna let you know that you don't have to leave here today in that same condition of your heart as you are right now. You can leave here today knowing I belong to Jesus. I'm following Jesus. And if that's you today, I just invite you to pray with me right now. This is, again, this this prayer is not about a special set of words that are strung together in the right order. It's about expressing your heart to God. It's about Him coming into your life and doing a work that only He could do. So just, I invite you to pray with me today. God, I come to you today and I surrender my life to you. Jesus, I declare you as the Lord of my life. I'm tired of doing life my own way and I wanna do it your way. I surrender myself to you. Jesus, I believe in you, that you are the Son of God. I believe that that you died on the cross, but God raised you from the dead. And I proclaim you as being Lord of my life. You're in charge. You're the boss. I surrender to you. So come and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me make a difference with my life. Help me walk out what it really means to, to, to be in repentance, God. Help me really turn from those things that I need to turn from and turn towards you and come your way. And God, I pray this today. God, search me. God, stretch me. God, lead me. God, use me. I thank you that you hear my prayer and that you're working my life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you're here today and you just prayed that prayer with me, that, that final prayer of giving your life to the Lord, I want to invite you to come and meet with one of our prayer team members over here on the side here as we get ready to be dismissed. We have a gift for you. It's a book called um, What's Next? And it's just our simple gift to you. And all all you gotta do is come over and say, hey, I just prayed that prayer with JD. If there's any other need for prayer that you have in your life, um, 
we invite you to come and meet one of our prayer team. Hey, prayer team, I'm gonna invite you, you guys actually, to probably come over here on this side because as we're trying to figure out all the new logistics of this barn, one of the things is, as we're dismissed, we're going to fold our chairs and take them over to the wall over there, and that would just not be a great atmosphere for prayer. So, um, but if you have prayer if needs for anything, come see our prayer team over on this side of the room right here. Awesome. And then um, as, as we get this ready to be dismissed here, I wanna, again, invite you, grab your chair, if you would, just stack it over here on the side of the wall. That's gonna help our team put them in the, in the chair racks that they go in. But I, as we get dismissed, I'm gonna pray, and then I would really quickly like to see all of the men in the room down front. Uh, if, if you're a husband, if you're a father, I would love to see you down here, down the front, just for a moment. Lord, I just thank you right now for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you that you're bringing us into a new season with renewed reason. And we say yes to it, God. We say yes. So Lord, I pray over your people now that they would experience the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. They would know the love of our heavenly father and they would experience the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with us at SeedsChurchTN.com and on social media. Our mission at Seeds Church is to help people discover who God created them to be and equip them to do what He called them to do. One of the easiest ways you can help us accomplish our mission is by simply sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you soon.